You're listening to Movers and Shakers, the SailMove podcast on customer experience. SailMove, delivering the in-person customer experience online. To learn more, visit SailMove.com. I'm Jeffrey Mack, Director of Marketing at SailMove, and welcome to Movers and Shakers, the podcast that explores the world of customer experience through conversations with the influential business leaders tasked with delighting their customers at each and every opportunity. Today, our CEO, Dan McKelly, will be speaking to Stacey Giard, the Chief Operating Officer at Tola Capital. In this episode, we'll talk about marketing's influence on the customer experience. We'll dive into the idea of personalization and how surveys played a pivotal role in the creation and direction of Microsoft's user groups. And we'll discuss the importance of knowing your audience and the differences between delivering a mass customer experience and a niche one. Welcome to another episode of Movers and Shakers, uh, the customer experience podcast. Our mission is to find leaders in the world of CX and learn from specific projects uh, that they've carried out in the past or that they're currently working on. Today, our guest is Stacey Giard. Stacey is currently the Chief Operating Officer at Tola Capital, where she works closely with a portfolio of enterprise software startups. Now, prior to Tola, Stacey was spent almost a decade at, at Microsoft, where she held various product management and marketing roles. And while at Microsoft, Stacy was instrumental in helping foster and grow their community of developers and enterprise IT professionals. Now, I always enjoy connecting with Stacy because she's uh, very effective of, at, at merging macro and micro approaches to customer experience. So uh, welcome, Stacy. Thank you. Now, I want to start up uh, with uh, the question that we asked most of our guests at the beginning is, how do you define customer experience? I think customer experience spans all the the touch points that a customer has with your business. So that can be from sales and marketing to the product and the way that they interact with your product and and all of those different pieces they're building a relationship with your company and they're building a not only usage pattern but an understanding of what your your company and your brand is all about. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that, how do you think that the, you know, specifically as it relates to sales and marketing, right? I, I'd like to kind of focus in, focus in a little bit on marketing. What, what do you think the ties are between customer experience and marketing? I guess also specifically looking at experiential marketing, uh, which is something that you, you, you've sort of had a lot of experience with. So I think that I'm, Every customer and group of customers have their own distinctive view of how they want to be marketed to, how they want to be engaged. And it's, it's critical to, to look at those pieces and, and tailor your approach. There, there are common you know, tools that we have in our belt as marketers, and it's really important to understand what are the ways that, that customers want to learn about what you're doing and what they care about. And that can be, you know, some customers really love webcasts. Some customers really love white papers. Some customers want to hear really in-depth ways that that other customers are using your product. And it's important to understand what their preferences are and where they are on their journey. And I think as over time, we've, we've really been able to build on our tool set as marketers to do that much more effectively over time. 
What do you think that tool set kind of is comprised of today? I mean, or and, and how, I guess, how has it how has it evolved over the last decade? Because, of course, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects of marketing that are dealing with the customer. But then there are some there are some sort of gaps there as well. Have, have, do you feel that those gaps have become filled in over the last uh, 10 years? Well, I think that there has been a tremendous shift in, in one, being able to provide tools that are very targeted at marketer, marketers. And you see the proliferation of tools in the, the market. There's over, you know, 4,000 and counting marketing tools that are out there in the world. But I think more than that, I look at the, the analytics and the way that we can use data as marketers that was such a barrier in the past. And that to me is the core of what has changed about marketing to make it more focused on customers and their journey and make it more of a personalized experience for them based on everything in terms of how they use your product, the type of learning that they like to do to understand how to more effectively use your, you know, what you're offering details in terms of their location and what are the, you know, key things that they're looking for and, and hoping to, to build upon as they, as they work with what you're offering to them. And all of that feeds into this much more customized experience for them. And is that, do you think that that data is sort of, you know, one of the, one of the uh, comments about customer experience data is that it tends to get siloed. And I feel like when, when you have, uh, especially within a marketing function, uh, now that there's such an overwhelming amount of data, are we able to kind of utilize that data more effectively? And w- how is it that we're utilizing that data to create a, a better journey for the customer? So I think that there, there's one, we're collecting much more of that data in uh, just the course of how we do business, that, that, is, that data is out there and that we're able to gather that together from a technical platform perspective. But also it just, you know, you have things like social media, you have, you know, what people are doing on their devices and that information, you know, as they want to share it with, with you, that can, that can be gathered together. And there are still challenges that we're, we're facing around how to do that effectively, that gathering together of, of information. But it's so much better than it ever was in the past. And so now we can map that in, and be much more dynamic in the, the way that we present information to customers and when we present it. You know, in, my, in my experience at Microsoft, one of the things that we went through was this, this, this shift from, you know, here's our latest product, here are the features of that, to then over time being able to, to say, okay, this is what, what type of customer you are, this is what you're trying to do, we're going to surface a message about all of these pieces together that you might be interested in. And today, there's, there's so much more data in terms of, you know, not just I can tell that, that more holistic story based on your needs as a customer, but I can do that in this targeted fashion of, 
I see this is where exactly where you are in terms of, of your usage of, of, of products. And I'm going to surface this information that's really relevant to you right now. Right. No, I think that's an excellent point. And I think that's a great segue too to, to start talking about the project, which I think in a lot of ways was quite ahead of its time when it comes to the way that you were engaging customers and the, the, the experiences that you were creating and how, that, how you were gathering data also, which I think was extremely interesting. So, uh, you know, for the future project today, we want to discuss the CX, your CX initiative from the time you were working on the platform team at Microsoft. So can you tell us a little bit about the project and also, I think first, maybe also give us some background on what was the purview of the platform team. So the focus of the team that I was on was around developers, engaging with developers, and uh, you know, understanding the the tools and platforms that that they were using, what they what they wanted from them and how did how we could do a better job of serving them. The other piece was really having a more open dialogue with the developer community. It was a time when we were coming out with the, the .NET framework and Visual Studio and a whole set of, of languages that was at the time that we released C Sharp. And it was all of the efforts that, that we drove to engage with the developer community at that time to not only educate them on what we were doing, but bring them closer and have a dialogue with them in terms of what they wanted to see us do. That's great. Yeah. And, and, so, and so specifically uh, from a tactical level, I know that the project was sort of broken into a few different parts. Can you tell us a little bit about what those parts were, and then maybe we can dive into those parts individually? Mm-hmm. So I think the the core of this was understanding not just how we were, were winning developers to, to have them use our platform and use our tools, but beyond that, we really cared about adoption. And adoption is one of those really interesting things in terms of how do you measure not just, you know, how much they're, they're using your tools and platforms, but how much are they using them in comparison to, you know, the, the universe of tools and products. And not only that, but also the, the affinity, how, how satisfied were they with that experience and, and how important were these tools and platforms for them? And so one of the, the core pieces of our efforts was making sure that we had a very effective way to measure and track the progress that we made with the developer community. And so a very foundational piece of this was uh, a research study that we would do, um, and it was global, and it was around 50 questions that we would that we would put to developers to really understand all of those different components um, to understand to really know much more about adoption in the in the market so that we could over time track our progress with them. Very interesting. And, and you know, it seems like a, a, a pretty significant effort, right? And, and, and a whole host of qualitative and quantitative data that's coming in from that survey. Now, what were some of the, I guess, what were the, some of the, the more surprising discoveries or what were some of the insights that were coming out of this study or the survey uh, and how did these insights inform some of the other parts of or initiatives of the project? 
So a, a, a few key components uh, that were really important for us. One was understanding what were the, the mix of tools that they were using and in understanding how that aligned with different types of projects that they were doing as developers. It also gave us this real insight into understanding different developer personas that developers are not all the same. And it really helped us define a much stronger view of the different types of developers that are out there and then get much more honed in on creating experiences, creating learning that was, that was targeted for those different types of developers. The other piece was really understanding what, what was the way that, that these developers wanted to be engaged so that in, in helping to, to build outreach to them that we you know, needed to create resources to help them learn things like books, things like you know, patterns and practices that they could then follow to be able to start developing um, effectively with our platform. I think the the other piece as well is is uh, how do they want to to learn and where do they go to get information so that we were not just feeding information directly from Microsoft but also going to all of these other sources of information in the world and engaging them as well to make sure they had information that they then shared with the developer community. Hmm. That's yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And and do you think that I was wondering as you were talking is 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 it different or is that approach different because the the sort of the target group was developers? Like, what makes it what was unique about specifically engaging uh, or creating touch points with the developer community as opposed to you know the general consumer? So I think the. The developer audience is one of my favorite audiences to <laughs> market unique, to. <laughs> they are, and I, I think that um, they it can be a very challenging group to market to because if the if they're very essence, they don't like marketing, and <laughs> that they don't they don't want things that are overly polished. They don't want to have um, you know the summary view. They want substance. And they will see through any sort of, you know, overly concocted story that you might create for them. And so it was really important to be incredibly, you know, educational in terms of how we provided information to them. And, you know, also looking at who are, who are the sources of information that they would trust in terms mm-hmm. of other you know, influential developers in the community who could help educate them on what we're doing and in a very, you know, honest fashion, you know, help share share that story with the community on our behalf in that we, we didn't necessarily want to just take that directly to them because that wasn't necessarily how developers wanted to learn. And so that really helped inform this approach of, of building up a community of influencers that we engaged with. Um, I think the other piece that was was really important is to make sure it was a two-way dialogue and that creating the engagement with us as, as, a, as a company was really important to give them a voice back to us so that 
again, it didn't feel like just um, Microsoft pushing information to them, but that we were taking in their their input in terms of what was important to them, what was problematic to them. And so we created tools and platforms that, that kept getting better based on that feedback. But to do that, that also means that you have to engage with them and accept that not everything is going to be positive because this is a very opinionated <laughs> community and they have really strong views about what they like and they don't like. And you have to be you know, willing and able to take that in. Yeah, I think, but that authenticity is such an, just being, keeping that authenticity and promoting it is such a valuable uh, asset if you can strike that that right balance there. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, the, the fact that you were working with developers actually was was in a lot of ways quite serendipitous to this project because it, in, in a way, it kind of made it a lot more about what customer experience is considered today, which is sort of taking, like creating that feedback loop that exists between what you're learning when you engage with the customer and then feeding that back into the business, feeding that back into the product. And that was, I think that was a pretty unique aspect of, of this initiative, you know, because, because maybe it was because the audience or also maybe because that's how you conceived it. But, but the fact that all of the learnings were going back into improving all of the different touch points as well as the product itself. I think that's pretty unique. Yeah, it was, it was really gave us uh, an open door to create this dialogue with our customers and to not overly manage that conversation, but to have it be a conversation and to find different ways to interact with them, you know, within their own communities, within our community, within our marketing, and, and within the product itself. You know, one of the things that we we really looked at is how did how could we bring more of this guidance and information into Visual Studio itself? How do we bring in even third-party information and guidance for developers into the product? And, you know, today that is is something that is almost trivial in terms of how you enable that from a technical perspective. Back at the time that we did that, it required some tremendous heavy lifting in terms of the engagement with uh, the community. But it, it was all to this idea of how do we engage with developers in the places that matter to them and and make sure that we're surfacing information that is relevant to what they're doing in that moment um, to create that relationship with them. Yeah, no, definitely very forward thinking, I think. Uh, uh, and, and so, you know, tying back to the three, you know, when we spoke, when we spoke previously, you mentioned the three parts. Uh, the first one that you touched upon already was, was the surveys, that foundational piece where, where you were gathering this information uh, then, then you mentioned two other ones, which were the online forums and the live user groups. So can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about those two components of the project? Sure. I, the, the first I, I would speak to is the, the user group engagement in that there were, there were, at the time, user groups that existed and one of the, the things that we realized is that this was such a, a powerful resource for the community and that it was a, 
a way for developers to learn from each other. And so the idea was, okay, this is where where developers, you know, are are gathering. So how do we be a part of that conversation and how do we add resources to that in a way that is creating value for them? And so looking at what is it that, that user groups needed? And so one of those areas was building up speakers, people who who are experts in, in their field who mm-hmm. could go out and, and engage with these communities. And so we identified really fantastic experts in different parts of, of the development developer community and, and created a relationship with them and and created a speakers bureau to to go out and engage with these user groups. Another area was how how do we have this way to make it easier for developers to find user groups, to seed user groups, to mm-hmm. have the resources in terms of the educational content and other things that they would want access to to have a thriving user group. And so we created a a user group association, and that was. Um, founded back in 2002, and so the at the time it was creating the association. But then, you know, how did we deliver those resources to enable those user groups to flourish? And it became a, a really powerful way for that community to connect and learn from each other. And what was the format of the user group events? Because you know they were they were live, correct? Yes, yes, they were live. And the the format we you know we didn't overly engineer, but the the idea was a group of developers would gather in a, a specific you know location, and um, it might be city based or broader than that. And it was there would be sessions where different developers would present on different topics, and in some cases we would provide content to to support that or we would also make available, you know, these speakers who would come and provide, um, you know, detailed presentations on specific topics. The other piece is, is this was another way we would bring our our engineering community to engage directly with developers because that was another one of those areas that that developers love to have that direct engagement with the team to hear how they were thinking about what they were creating and to give that direct feedback. So the, there would be those presentations. And then there was also, you know, naturally when you bring that group together, they would find other ways, you know, that they were you know, providing support and opportunities to each other, talking about, you know, the, the development um, opportunities in, in their local geography and sharing access to different types of resources, learning resources that they used. And so there are a lot of different interactions that would happen in these meetings. Right. No, it sounds like a very, like I said, very organic and kind of authentic way of getting custom, getting the users together and leveraging the fact that you know they're they're ultimately the users, so they can they can uh, they can share a lot more insight and and as you said, sort of make it not necessarily content that's only coming from the vendor or from Microsoft, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it was about what are what are the development topics that mattered to them and what was their honest view of of how they would use, you know, our tools or or other tools and, you know, the good and the bad of that and it was left up to them to to drive that dialogue. Now, and, and tying back to what we were talking about before, sort of the, the aspect of, you know, marketing versus customer experience. And I think that the to me, like I was like we were sort of touching on briefly, it was the, the, the biggest difference is that it's some of these some of this information isn't really being fed back into the business. And uh, it seems that through these groups, I mean, there, was, there must have been such a wealth of information that you were getting that was just so actionable and so much learning that could go back into refining all of these platforms or the platform itself, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and in terms of the other, so, so the other initiative was the online forums, right? And, and uh, how were these organized and what were, what were the objectives for, for those? So, you know, some of that was through you know, Microsoft's own developer communities, but also the, the broader, the broader, you know, ecosystem. The, one of the things that I think that was, that was important that was part of our initiative was making sure that we rewarded developers in our community who were helping you know, other developers through our online forums and how did we, you know, reward that behavior? How did we encourage that? And, mm-hmm. and how did we then give recognition uh, to those developers that were really helping others? Because again, you know, the, the expertise and being able to share best practices, that was again, so important. And, to be able to facilitate that one for such a large community, but also to get that that um, you know very practical expertise, that was something that we we couldn't necessarily control or try to try to service on our own. And so it was really about how do we how do we encourage that and grow that um, amongst the community. What were some of the ways that you were doing that? It was it was there uh, some gamification involved or? What were some of the ways that you were rewarding the engagement in the forums? So we developed programs to uh, provide, you know, different benefits and rewards for developers who are really active in the community and, and, you know, based on the number of posts or the number of articles that they wrote or the number of events that they went and spoke uh, to, to, encourage that and to, to again, reward that. So it was really looking at what were the things that motivated that community and, and giving them those benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is a, yeah, that's, that's very intriguing. And I think that it, 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 was there any direct tie with the way that, that the, I guess, was there any direct tie between the online forums and the live user groups where there's some cross pollination happening between those two initiatives? Absolutely. So when we went to look at who, you know, those influencers were in our community, and again, this is one of those things that I think is, is, so much more actionable and measurable when you talk about um, the social media tools that we have today as marketers. But 
But back then, it was it was really looking at their participation across all of these different touch points. So whether it be the online forums, whether it be external third party sites or our own sites, or um, you know presentations at user groups or conferences that we hosted, or writing you know a, a book, we would look at all of those components um, to see okay, these are all the ways that it's really important for developers to learn. And so how do we continue to to feed that and to grow that engagement by our community and those influencers within it? Right. No, that and, and what would you say are the the takeaways that you I guess in in talking about those two specifically, what were what were some of the takeaways in terms of how these live user groups compared to sort of the more asynchronous or non-live customer experiences like the online forums? I think that that they all hold value and that it's, it's understanding, you know, the different types of ways that your, your customers want to learn and, you know, what is it that they're getting out of each of these touch points and experiences. So, in some cases, it's I need an answer and I need it quickly, or I'm evaluating, you know, some, you know, a, a product or or tool for a project that I'm about to do, or what's what's my my ongoing engagement, you know, to to build my career and to build my own professional development, and you know, if there's a relationship with a company that's part of each of those steps. You know, what is that sort of relationship in that affinity that you can build with your customers by being there in those different ways that they need you? Right. So different engagement points. Yeah. Yeah. So really meeting them where they want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my last question around the project that I'd love to touch on is just to to talk a little bit about loyalty. Right. So the way that I I like to think about loyalty is sort of how often are the customers coming back? How much are they spending with our company versus other companies? And also how 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 vocal are they about what we're doing? I guess how much how how much do they advocate? Like, how do you think that these or do you think that these initiatives are really driving loyalty and driving this repeat engagement and advocacy with Microsoft? So I think the 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 goal of all this is loyalty and and satisfaction. And so I think that there's there's different questions that that you want to ask in terms of are you creating an experience where your customers feel like they're being listened to, where they feel like you're responding to their needs, that they feel like you care about what they're trying to achieve with their, you know, either project or or their personal career. And, you know, sometimes we think about the business needs of our users and forget about who they are as a person. And I think Mm -hmm. if you can think about how you are enabling them to learn, to advance in their career, to be successful and providing those opportunities for them to, to shine or to be a leader in addition to, you know, achieving their goals with, you know, 
their business objectives or project, it really creates that that relationship and that loyalty that you want to build with your with your community. Yeah. No, well, it sounds like you guys did a fantastic, fantastic job with with all of these initiatives. So congratulations for that. And I think that that's that's exactly right. I mean, getting getting to the point where we're well, all of these initiatives are paying off in terms of how the customer feels towards the company and and the loyalty that they have towards the the, the platform that you all were promoting. I think that that's that that speaks volumes. So. Um, so I want to just conclude here with our lightning questions. Uh, how important do you think that customer experience is for an organization? I think it's vital. I think that customers today expect that you will, you know, customize the experience for them, that you will treat them as an individual, that you're aware of the way they've engaged with you in the past and what they want. And so you, you need to do that more and more in in terms of the experiences that you deliver for them. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that the future of customer experience looks like? I think the the future of customer experience is again using that that wealth of analytics that we have today as marketers, and that it's delivered. You know. You see, you see the experience customers have in your product, and the way that they experience your marketing, the way that they learn. Those things start to blend together more and more over time, and it, it in the end, it's really about their relationship that they have with your company and your brand. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, so with that, I want to thank you so much, Stacey, for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, I think it was incredibly interesting to hear about the project, and, and I really hope that we have you back on very soon. Well, it's been great to, to discuss an a area that I'm really passionate about and a, a, an audience that I really loved working with. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And to all of you listening, keep making moves. You've been listening to Movers and Shakers, the Sale Move podcast on customer experience. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. To learn how SaleMove enables companies to provide an in-person customer experience online, please visit salemove.com.